Good morning and welcome to St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. This is the first Friday of the month of February and it's the Sacred Heart Hour. This is Father Stosh Daly with Chuck and Joanne Wilson. Good morning. Good morning, <laughs> Joining Father. you live from the studios here at St. Gabriel. I feel like it's been forever since I've been Me here. Me too. Well, we missed I, you, Father. We missed you. Father. You're Pay not time allowed off. to travel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As we enter into this Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, we invite you to join us in this daily morning offering prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, Father, welcome back. And, um, you know, we're thinking maybe to start the program this morning, and it is the Sacred Heart Hour program, but talk a little bit about you were in Rome. Wow. Uh, and experienced, was, uh, yeah. you know, with the passing of Pope Benedict Did you know XVI. he was close to passing when you were in Rome? No. No? No, not at all. And no. so what what was that experience like for you uh, being there at the time of his passing? Uh, I mean, it was very... Um, I, ho- I hope it's something I never forget. Um, so I, I left on uh, Christmas Day to enter into what we call a canonical retreat up in Assisi. And... Um, I still had a few pages left at the last chapter in the book called Jesus of Nazareth, the infancy narrative. Oh, you were reading? So I read that every Advent just oh, to kind of, you know, prepare yes. my mind and heart for Christmas. Sure. And and Benedict's insights into the life of our Lord are just very powerful, very, very fresh. It's like they never get old. Mm-hmm. So every Advent I read them and I just had a few pages left over because I didn't finish my homework on time mm-hmm. before the baby was born. I can born. relate to that. <laughs> So I was actually in a CZ, and I was sitting outside of the uh, convent where I was on retreat, and all of a sudden I hear the toller start ringing up the hill at the Basilica of St. Clair. And I looked over at my watch, and I was like, it's like 9.15, 9.20 in the morning. I said, like, this is really, this is not a time for that bell to mm. ring. And I was listening, and I was like, and that's not the normal bell either. That's the toller. So I went inside, and I asked Mother Marcellina, I said, what's going on? And she did not know. None of us knew at that time, but then we looked out the other side of the building and then we could hear the toller ringing at the Basilica of St. Francis. What is the difference between the toller? The toller is that bell that is very deep. And when it rings, it's usually what you would hear at a funeral mass, you know, either before or after. And it's a, it's a, it's a very, it's a sound that's distinguished on its own. It almost has a sadness to it. It's letting everyone know it's now time. It's a time to pray but to pray for someone who has left this life mm-hmm. and gone to the next. And we were waiting and we were waiting. Finally, we received the news that uh, Benedict had died. And I literally, I, I mean, at that point, I had like two pages left. And I was like, I don't, I mean, do I go to the chapel? Do I read? <laughs> you know? Um, so it was very moving. And there really wasn't much um, news, to be honest with you. There was a lot more coming from the States hmm. about his life and his uh, death. And, um, I was able to make it to Rome for that Tuesday uh, when he was, um, his body was laying in state in St. Peter's Basilica, and I was able to visit with the Brigitine sisters and be there by his side and to pray a rosary. And you know, it was really, it was moving to the deepest 
part of your humanity to see literally thousands of people standing in line, waiting to pay their respects, but in such a way to where they really couldn't even pause. That's why I was wondering. You yeah. were able to pray a rosary. Was yeah. that because of your priesthood? No, that was because of the a... sisters. Uh-huh. <laughs> who you know, Father? I, it, it's not what you know. It really is who yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. You have to know Sister Lucilla, well, you who know knows the, the back door of the Basilica. Well, you know the way. So I, I thought maybe if they pulled you out line. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. But, I mean, it was, it was really moving to see the faith of these people. Yeah. And they wanted to say, goodbye to Benedict, which is really quite amazing, you know, because he's been in the shadows for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And yet it shows that um, deeply planted within the church, you know, um, there's a love for the one who is a Mm -hmm. shepherd, you know, and um, even if he is in the shadows for a while and he's stepped down and he's renounced Petrine ministry, there was that love. And it was very moving. And and I I think in my own life, it it was kind of like a a tug of war. I have so many of his books. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I've read so many of his works. So in some sense, he's still very much with us and among yeah. us. But on the other hand, you realize there was this understanding in the back of your mind and the back of your heart. He's there. He's praying for us. You know, and we're praying for him. And then to be able to have to say goodbye, you know, and realize, okay, well, his words of wisdom are still dwelling among us. You now, know? Father, I have heard, now, now I don't know if you know the answer to this, but that they do not embalm a Holy Father just in case for cause of canonization, uh, that he might end up being incorrupt, that that does not influence. Right. Have you heard that? Yeah. Uh, um, the incorruptibility of a body is not in and of itself a sign of sanctity. Okay. But it is a, it's an invitation That's to kind special. of marvel and wonder and awe. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, it has been the custom to mm-hmm. not embalm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they abide with that in yeah. every situation. Um but, of course, they they have all of these other very rich, very detailed, very symbolic customs, mm-hmm. the different coffins. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and it just kind of – it's amazing how, just as a throw this out there as a little seed, as much as we are all browbeaten into thinking that our faith, our church, the papacy, the pope is irrelevant, out of touch, out mm-hmm. of date, it's amazing how the whole world still stops yeah. and looks yeah. and watches And his Rome, grace. You know? I mean, the there – there was a certain undeniable degree that the whole world paused and paid yeah. attention to Benedict's death. Yeah. And it just shows deeply planted within, there's still that, it's like, well, they do matter. You yeah. know, the Pope does matter. Yeah. That role, the office, the church. Yeah. So there's still something within our humanity, even if we become so lost, so secular, so material, you know, slaves to darkness. When you see the Lord working within the church, it catches our attention, you know? Well, uh, I was also thinking, Father, the gift of Mother Angelica, Oh. Uh, starting oh. this Catholic uh, radio and yeah, Catholic absolutely. TV, that now worldwide they are covering that funeral, yeah. like as an example, Pope Benedict's funeral with all the details. I know. All the, it's I true. mean, it's like you are there. You know, Father, um, after his passing, I was reading some of his reflections on the Sacred Heart, and one of them really, uh, I, I think, came alive for me because of what we're trying to do, Father. Maybe you can help our listeners why to answer this question. But the call to be an adorer, an apostle of the Sacred Heart, is addressed to every Christian. Mm, yeah. And that was from Pope Benedict XVI. And he had such a heart to spread that. Right. It's so true. He knew the importance. Yeah. No, I, I think it's very important to realize that in the life and the mind of Benedict, while we each have our own role to play, 
in the proclamation of the mm-hmm. gospel, in the life of the church. We each have our own role to play. Nevertheless, all of us, every single one of us, are known and loved by Jesus. And therefore, because each one of us are known and loved by the Lord Jesus, we are each invited. We are each uh, summoned. We are each uh, called to be that adorer and apostle. And I think that's very important because a lot of us tend to fall into this uh, thought. Uh, it's a temptation, really. We fall into this thought that that's for someone else. Hmm. You know, that that's father's job or that's sister's job or, you know, that's Chuck and Joanne's job. But it's like, no, no, the role of adoring the Lord, honoring the Lord, you know, worshiping the Lord, keeping vigil with the Lord, that's up to each one of us. That's an invitation given to and, each one of and us. And we hear as we, you know, continue to spread the good news mm. of welcome his heart and yeah. throne your home, you know, allow the sacred heart to be the king, brother, friend, and savior of, well, that's, I don't know if that's for me. Know. You know, know. my yeah. life is just, well, not now. I know. You know, when, when I remodel my kitchen, maybe, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I think that's really well said, Father, yeah. that it's. The Lord is inviting everyone right where you are. Yeah. You know, it, just the other day we had um, uh, one of the men in formation. With, it, he just hit the wall. You know, he just hit that rough patch. Yeah. yeah in the, there. the honeymoon is over, <laughs> you know? And he's looking, he's like, I'm not sure if I, I'm not sure like, what's going on. I've never experienced that <laughs> Is it 52 years? I keep track. I can't, sometimes I'm not sure. <laughs> It's just, it's just the present moment. It's just the present moment. which I've mentioned before, when she prepared, prepared breakfast, when she prepared breakfast for me, Father, and I turned around and said, that's not how I cook my eggs. First day. First back day. Back from our honeymoon. Yeah, back from our honeymoon. Oh. It does said, end. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and then the frying pan hit the ground. I knew I was in trouble. Better the ground than your head. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. So this, you this, can't believe this, the ritual that that man had yeah. for an egg and toast. It was like, oh, I can't do this. See, the enthronement of the Sacred Heart is easier than making eggs for Chuck Wilson. Right. It's like, I can marry you forever, but I can't make you breakfast. Well, I always tell people it was, a, it was a key why you don't live together. Oh, because yeah. Because we might never have gotten married. That could married. have ended it. That could have ended All it right there. All those children, Father Wilson, might have never yeah. happened. So wait until the end. Get married, and then you'll go through maybe a couple situations. Okay, now we got right. Father completely All off right. the track. What were you saying, Father? Well, before the eggs came onto the scene. So... I was highlighting how there was a seminarian who he just had his bad day. You know, it was just one of those moments and, you know, trying to break him of that and help him say, you know, we're all in this together. And so there's like that mixture of laughter and tears, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's just like, he's like, oh, Father, I'm a mess. And it's like, but you know, this is a good thing. Jesus loves messy people. And the messy you are, the more he loves you. I can attest to that. You know, and it's really your, when when life becomes messy, when our emotions become messy, when we just hit that wall, the honeymoon's over Mm -hmm. and everything else. That's really when we have to have someone in God's providence show up on the scene and just remind us, you know, the Lord loves messy people, mm. you know, because those are the ones he came to save, not the people who got it all perfect and yeah. everything's neatly packed away, but really the ones who are kind of like stuck in the mess of it all. And so if you find yourself in that position, you know, it's it's just a good thing on this first Friday of the month of February to understand it's like the Lord really, truly does. He loves the messiness. He loves the messy people because he wants to pull us out of that, right? He wants to bring us into the clarity and the uh, stability of his heart. 
And um, a lot of times we just become ashamed of our humanity when we're, you know, proposed uh, an invitation to enter into his heart or to bring his heart into our home. But I really think that's something the key is from Pope Benedict is that, you know, uh, the call to be an adorer and apostle of the Sacred Heart is addressed to every Christian, not just the ones who have their stuff together, but even the messy ones. You know, all of us have been called by the Lord to be that adorer. And Chuck, I think you're so good about maybe explaining the process as you did to me, the eggs and the toast. <laughs> but, <laughs> but explain the process of the enthronement. Yeah, what are we it, talking about? Yeah, and there's really five easy steps to the enthronement. Well, first step is to say whether you think you need it, whether you need it, or whether this is something that you're not interested in. Uh, there's a promotion. I forget the company. Just do it. Now, it might be Nike just says that, but just do it. Why do you do it? Because our Lord requested that his heart that he be, that's the image of his sacred heart, be exposed and honored in every home. And to do that, you have a booklet we can provide you if you haven't done it. You can go on welcomeisheart.com, stop by St. Gabriel Radio. There's a booklet and have an image. Have the image blessed. And then it's three days of preparation. And then you enthrone, and just enthroning the king by saying, I now enthrone Jesus as the king, brother, and friend of our home, of our family. That's what he wants. But it's like everything else, Father, right? That's the beginning. It's so true. And I have a friend right at this moment who is not enthroned. And so I brought to her Emily's book about the 12 promises and said, will you read this? And she said, yes. I said, then we'll talk. Because sometimes we can't really answer all the questions. Yeah, that's true. That, you know, that's why this book was written, is to help people. Really, it's not a, you know, a book for theologians. Mm -hmm. It's for the people. So sometimes we need to use other tools that, you know, but invite people. Yep. Invite the people you love. Invite everyone. That personal invite means so much. And that's when you become the apostle oh, of the Sacred that, Heart. It's yeah. a simple invitation, you know? Yeah. And, and we're going to talk about something that's going to be really exciting following this. But we want to talk about, talk about invitation. We have the men's and women's conferences coming up. And it's a great way for you to sign up. It's a great way to invite someone. And I know, Joanne, <clears throat> the women's conference always comes first. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like the as eggs. Mary, as Mary, <laughs> Mary prepares the way for Jesus, the women oftentimes prepare the way for their husband. So it is, as you probably already know, because there's been some really great promotion and interviews, but it's Saturday, February 18th, which is coming right up. It's at the Expo Center, and the theme is Light Shines in the Darkness from John 1, 5. And I'll just briefly share about the, you know, who's coming, the speakers. Danielle Bean, she has a, she's on Catholic Women's Television. She has a podcast, Girlfriends. Father Michael Denk, he is about the, uh, his book, The Prodigal Father. 
It's about deeper prayer and authentic life of prayer. Paula Umana, she's the author of 40 Gifts of Hope, and she is a podcast, Hope for the Sick and Suffering. And, of course, our most reverend, Bishop Earl Fernandez, will be celebrating Holy Mass. The cost is $45, $35 for students, and a religious is free. But, you know, I've been attending it. I was actually one of the co-founders of the Women's Conference. And I'd say the speakers are great, but really the Lord has much more in mind. The grace is there. The fellowship is there. And it's just a day of time out, refreshment, and enjoyment. And, you know, there's people that the Lord will put in front of you that maybe you haven't seen or you need to meet them. Uh, wonderful lunch and a little shopping, Father. <laughs> no. Yes, yes. <laughs> there could be a little treasure just waiting for you. So I, I really encourage you. And my personal story is uh, 15 years ago, I invited my two college friends. One of them was way you know away from the church for a girls weekend for a time together and through the women's conference uh this dear dear sister friend uh came back to the church Mm. and i say now she's gone to the head of the class (laughs) (laughs) saint vincent de paul bible study but really that was a turning point Mm. in her heart so think about who you might invite you might drive and pick up and even if you think it's a reach Mm. go ahead and reach because the lord will be reaching with you and for you and i know we're going to talk a little bit about the men's conference coming up following the women's conference february 25th uh it's going to be the 26th annual conference for men and i think this year it's really going to be exciting because we've created a wonderful partnership father with the men's ministry. Last year, it was to make sure every man had an image and a booklet to enthrone their home to Jesus. Yeah. What wow. a better way to go to a conference, hear wonderful talks, get the confession, have the fellowship, see wonderful organizations like St. Gabriel and other organizations there uh, to really renew your faith uh, for for a number of reasons, but the big reason is Lent is right around Around the corner. corner. I mean, so what better way to prepare Mm -hmm. your hearts, get some resources for your family, and last year enthrone your heart, enthrone your family uh, to the sacred heart. And this year, we're going to do continuation. Uh, We're going to introduce the uh, Immaculate Heart, Consecrate that yourself is just awesome. to yeah. the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and there'll be a booklet, uh, there'll be an image, and uh, it's going to be very, uh, very special. And, you know, Father Larkin, who really was the founder of the National Men of the Sacred Hearts back in 1944, taking over Father Matteo, from his book, he says, Since love of Mary should lead us to Jesus— it is most fitting her son should be enthroned as king and the family consecrate to the Macro Heart of Mary 
before her image. Mm. And what better way to prepare for the enthronement of the Sacred Heart, a renewal of the Sacred Heart. So what we're saying is, and this is how it started 11 years ago, Father, we always recommended to consecrate first to Mary. Yeah, yeah. we'd bring the statue of Our Lady the of statue Fatima, or pray the a image, rosary, yep. And then to go ahead and enthrone and help our listeners understand the importance, maybe, Father, of this consecration. Sure. I, I mean, it, it's it's manifold. You know, even just yesterday, um, when we were celebrating in the life of the Church, the Feast of the Presentation of the Lord, you know, we entered into the Gospel, and Simeon, I mean, what does Simeon say to Our Lady when he takes notice of how she's carrying the infant Jesus up the steps into the temple? You know, a sword will pierce your heart. And... Um, you know, and the gospel goes on to let us know that you know Mary dwelled on many things. She kept many beautiful things within her heart, her immaculate heart. And it refers not only to the, the heart of Our Lady as like the treasure trove of memories and experiences of Jesus from his infancy. It also refers to her being immaculate. She's the immaculate conception. You know, no sin. There's absolutely no sin within the Blessed Virgin Mary. She is the immaculate conception. She is therefore not just by... Uh, her being, but also just in her presence, um, our prayers, you know, with her, our turning to her for help. She is a beautiful example of someone who perseveres because of that strength given to her, that fortitude given to her by grace. And so when we look at the journey towards Jesus, you know, like earlier we were saying, you know, we can get distracted by the messiness of our lives. We can get distracted by the sorrows, the, the wounds, um, or we can just get distracted by the chaos of life. You know, Our Lady, in her uh, immaculate nature, and her immaculate heart, she she comes to our aid. She doesn't become someone that distracts us or leads us to think that we can't do it like she did because mm. she's immaculate and we're not. No, the Lord gives her to us as the one who is perfectly, totally human so that we have someone who knows the way mm. and can get us there. The way to what? To Jesus. Really, the way to whom? And really, Father, at what's really helped me to meditate a little on Mary is that um, Eve also right. was without sin until yeah. the sin. Right. So, you know, yeah. we might think, oh, Mary, here she was. She had all the grace. Of course. She said, yes, of course. But yeah. no, look at, look at Eve. Mm. She also, yeah. and yet, you know, she did sin. Yeah. So Mary had her freedom too. Yeah, Eve sin, not yeah, Eve sin, but Mary's yeah, fidelity I mean. kind of yeah. uh, highlights the importance of that. The new Eve, and absolutely, and that's why we call Our Lady mm-hmm. the New Eve. Um, but you know, it, when you when you consider the invitation given to each one of us, in the words of like Benedict, to be that adorer and the apostle mm-hmm. of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, you know, it, like we said earlier, that can be rather a daunting task. And that's one of the reasons why we really encourage, we invite, we we even really implore or beg people, you know, make of yourself a holy offering to Our Lady. You know, follow the example of some of the most beautiful, the greatest saints, whether it's Maximilian Kolbe or Louis uh, Marie de Montfort or even John Paul II, you know, that totus to us, totally yours, knowing that then you will bring me in a total way to your son Jesus. And to have that presence of Our Lady in the Immaculate Heart, it kind of, it it helps strengthen us for the journey of becoming one with Jesus. And that's really what, that's the point of this, right? Is, you know, we're acknowledging the central role that Jesus plays in our life, in the life of the world. But we are also acknowledging that times are tough. <laughs> Things are difficult. Uncertainty can become so, uh, so burdensome that we can easily, you know, 
just take a step off the path and ask for a pause. But to know that we have Our Lady there, the Immaculate One, the Immaculate Heart of Mary is right there with us as mother and queen. It's a, it's a really powerful reality. And it's a it, the contrast between the Immaculate Heart and the Sacred Heart leads us to understand with a beautiful simplicity the complementarity. Mm. No competition. Mm. It's the complementarity. You know, Father, again, the men's conference is February 25th. It follows the women's conference on February 18th. Um, it's $40 for the conference. Students are 25. Scholarships are available. Clergy are free. But the most important reason, we have wonderful speakers this year. The bishop will be with us and two wonderful speakers. And we have reconciliation. Everything. Reconciliation. How mm. many priests? Uh, there'll be 60 priests again, Ooh, Father, wow. yeah, and uh, so forth. But why do you come? You come for two reasons. You come for yourself, and you come for your neighbor. And when you're in line to go to confession, someone else is in line, and you don't know what they're going through, where they've been. Maybe they haven't made a confession for 30 years. So it's like you're there to support your brothers, but you're there for yourself and your family. And now we're saying not only if you have enthroned already uh, the Sacred Heart, uh, you can now pick a first Saturday or pick a Marian feast day and consecrate your family to Mary. Then do your renewal prayer because our Lord said, I don't want you just to honor. I mean, I don't want you just to expose but I want you to honor. It's ongoing. So, Father, it's a great, both conferences are going to be wonderful. It's a great way to kick off getting ready for Lent. And I, mean, I can't even believe we're talking about it. I know. Here, here we just talked about the presentation of the Lord in 40 days. It's true. Now we're going into the desert for 40 days. He grew up so fast. You know? <laughs> But, but that's why I love being Catholic. Now, it, it keeps you on your toes. You know, Chuck and Joanne, you guys have watched the conferences grow. We have. From a, a gathering, which was not yes, insignificant. It came out of a Bible study. But it was maybe on the smaller side compared to what it is now. To yeah. then now where it is. I mean, what what's your, what's your just takeaway when you see the growth, the explosive growth over these years of these the two different conferences? Well, my takeaway is what the Lord can do. Mm. With a simple yes. We yeah. had no no clue. We couldn't even imagine yeah. that first one of just, you know, very few people and wondering, are we going to get 100 people? And, mm. you know, being happy yeah. with the people who came. Yeah. So the Lord wants to do that in all ways in your life. But he wants you to, you know, put your fish in the basket. Mm. Say yes. So that's, that yeah. was my takeaway. You know, my takeaway is when it started 26 years ago out of a Bible study and there was 150 of us up at St. Bridget, look at the times that were going on 25 years ago. Yeah. A lot different than today. Oh, yeah. And I think as we have seen it, a lot of men say, well, that's for you, Chuck, but that's not for me. Yeah. But I think a lot of men are saying today, yes, I need this because... If you're in the vocation of marriage, my marriage needs it. My family needs it. My, a lot of people are disillusioned with their jobs today, Father. Yeah. It's yeah. very difficult in the work environment. Yeah. I, and I inflation. Need, 
I need something. And the answer is Jesus. And Mary is going to help us, lead us to Jesus. And I know for a couple of years, we've been talking just about enthrone, just about enthrone your home. Mm. But I think we're coming back to realizing we need all the arsenals, Father. We need firing power. And Mary is giving us this with the consecration. And then for women, you can come to the women's conference. There'll be a table with all the information of the images and the booklets there. So even for you, pick it up if your husband's not going to the conference Mm. because every family today should consecrate and should enthrone or re-enthrone. And I think one of the gifts is that, you know, years ago you could try to stay in the middle of the road. Mm. Oh, I don't want to be too pious, too religious. And today I think one of the gifts, and Father, I'd be interested in your takeaway, is that the enemy has unmasked itself. Oh yeah. You really have to choose. Yeah. It you can't be in the middle of the road. You no. get run over. Yeah. I do you remember Father um oh gosh, it was one of the presidents at Franciscan University. And he said the time for was it Medio- no, no, it was the his successor. It was like the time for mediocrity in okay. Christians is over. Yeah. Like you cannot you can't be the guy who just walks the middle road. That, right. That's done. You know, you can't just be the one who's like, oh, I'll be in the sun for part of the day and shade for part. Of- mm-hmm. No, no. It's like you're either all in or the whole world pulls you all out, you know, and, and there's that that sense of um, needing, like Chuck said, all of the support the church makes available to us because that's what she's received from Jesus. And we need all of that support. We need all that that huge arsenal, you know, to use your terms. And it's just good. So, well, believe it or not, we've come to the end of our first half of the Sacred Heart Hour. Stay tuned. I'm, we, we, I'm exhausted. We, we only completed half of the program, Father. <laughs> Thank God for prayer. So that's what we're going to go into next. We're going to end this segment with prayer. And it's going to be the, the prayer that has become very common among those who um, know the Sacred Heart devotion. O most holy heart of Jesus, fountain of every blessing, I adore you. I love you. And with a lively sorrow for my sins, I offer you this poor heart of mine. Make me humble, patient, pure, and wholly obedient to your will. Grant, good Jesus, that I may live in you and for you. Protect me in the midst of danger. Comfort me in my afflictions. Give me health of body, assistance in my temporal needs, your blessing on all that I do, and the grace of a holy death. Amen. 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 Anne Sullivan is an unsung hero. A disease made her almost blind at the age of five. Her mom died when she was only eight, and her dad gave her and her little brother up to an orphanage. The orphanage was overcrowded, underfunded, and later investigated for abuse. Her brother died within four months. She went to school for the blind and, after multiple failed eye surgeries, was sent back to that miserable orphanage. Anne eventually went to college, and during her valedictorian speech, she said, Every obstacle we overcome and every success we achieve tends to bring man closer to God and make life more as he would have it. Anne didn't see her life as happening to her, but for her and for a greater cause. She eventually became a teacher to the deaf, blind, and speechless girl whose parents had all but given up on her. And because of her struggles she lived through, Anne knew just how to teach Helen Keller how to succeed. Hang in there with faith. Your tests can become your testimonies. Your trials can become a blessing. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. There was no single event. It was more gradual. My husband was not Catholic, and at the time, I didn't really think that it really mattered which church we went to because we all loved God and we all loved Jesus. 
and that was the start of my journey out of the Catholic Church, where I remained out of the Catholic Church for over 30 years. When I was outside of the church, there was always an unsettled feeling. There was always a feeling of something missing and something not complete. When I um, started to read the Bible, I could see that our Catholic faith is steeped in Scripture. I could see some of the sacraments in Scripture. I could see some of the liturgy in Scripture. I wouldn't be the spouse, I wouldn't be the father, wouldn't be the person that I am without the church and without the sacraments, particularly the Eucharist. I can't live without it. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Good morning and welcome back to the Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. As it's the first Friday of the month of February, we are entering into this first Friday. And of course, here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, we invite you to join us as we give ourselves to the Sacred Heart of Jesus on this first Friday, this day of the month that is traditionally set aside for honoring uh, the Lord's Sacred Heart. As we enter into the second segment of this hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, we invite you to join us in prayer. The Daily Covenant Renewal. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Sacred Heart of Jesus, we renew our pledge of love and loyalty to you. Keep us always close to your loving heart, and to the most immaculate heart of your mother. May we love one another more each day, forgiving each other's faults as you forgive us our sins. Teach us to see you in the members of our family and those we meet outside the home, loving them as you love them, especially the poor and oppressed, that we may be instrumental in bringing about justice and peace. Help us carry our cross daily out of love for you and help us strengthen this love by frequent participation in the celebration of the Eucharist. Thank you, dear Jesus, for all the blessings of this day. Protect us and all families in the night to come and help us to live that we might get to heaven. Amen. 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 Well, Father, we haven't really mentioned for people, if you're listening, where to go for help. And where that is, is welcomeisheart.com. Mm. Welcomeisheart.com. And again, the enthronement of the Sacred Heart today can follow you everywhere. It can be in your homes, your parishes, your schools, the workplace. And I and I love one of... Dorm uh, room. A dorm room. That's true. Um, yeah. Seminary room, <laughs> right there at the Josephina, and uh, but I, 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 a person was sharing with me. Uh, he works for a big company, Father, and he has a cubicle, and he has the image of the Sacred Heart, uh, and he has enthroned his cubicle. Yeah, more people come up to him to talk about, you know, a little bit about Jesus. <laughs> You know, it's like just be a witness yeah. out there. Talking about being a witness, we have we've talked about the two conferences, February eighteenth. Jack, the why Women's don't you Conference. mention the newsletter? Okay, go ahead, Jenna. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're talking about staying connected, and we have a monthly newsletter that is just amazing. It has witness stories of what can happen. When you do choose to bring Jesus into your home, the um, the saints' feast days coming up, and um, it really is something you need to be connected to. And go ahead, connect others. 
and say, I am putting you on the newsletter and give it a try. You can always delete, but you won't. And that's another opportunity to stay connected and to learn more. And there are, you still call them videos, Father of You. What do we call them? There, I know there's Dinosaurs. a cooler. <laughs> I know there's a cooler word, but I just don't know what it is. I, uh, I, that, yeah. Video. Uh, yeah, videos. I'm just going to use that word. <laughs> <laughs> and you can learn more as Father explains different aspects of the apostolate. And you can sign up for the newsletter by going on welcomeisheart.com, welcomeisheart.com. And thank you, Joanne, for that. I was jumping a little ahead. Uh, I, I needed to take a breath. And uh, But anyway, we have the conferences, February 18th, women, February 25th, the men's. And now we're going to really talk about, Father, February, it's hard to believe, is considered the month of the light. I think you gave us that quote years ago. We didn't yeah. get it. We didn't get it. I mean... Where is the light in February, Father? <laughs> well, you're not going to find it outside, that's for sure. you got to go to the Lord. <laughs> you know, I could never understand why gray is such a popular color. It's, you know, we have Especially when it's all gray. around us outside. It's all around us outside. <laughs> you would think it would be yellow. <laughs> Blue. I, I hope our listeners appreciate just how real this program is. Oh, it's real. It is. It's real. They yeah. know it. And uh, but anyway, I know yesterday was a big day, and today Huge, is a big yeah. day. But yesterday, the feast of the presentation of our Lord. Mm. And Father, maybe help everyone understand why that brings the light into the world forty days after Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's remember. I mean. Uh, you know, striving to follow Jesus as his disciples, you know, we have to have that awareness of, it'd be great to have a full knowledge of, but at least an awareness of the Old Testament. And remember, like, the, the infidelity of the people led the presence of God to withdrawal from the temple in Jerusalem, right? So time and time again, as the generations come and go, people are still making an effort to go to Jerusalem, go to the place of the temple, rebuild the temple, and pray. They know they need a place where they can pray. But the presence of the Lord, the Shekinah, the divine presence, is not there as it once was because of the infidelity of the people. So people are going there to pray, but there's also that sense of, that undeniable sense of expectation, waiting for the return of the Lord to the temple so that his presence, you know, his presence will be palpable. And there's a, a yearning, a hungering, a desperation in the hearts of the people, right? And when Our Lady... Uh, goes through the ritual of the purification after having given a child, you know, birth to a child. She then, um, with Joseph, takes the Christ child to the temple in Jerusalem for the presentation. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because the Gospels give us the, the, almost like a certain clarity to some sense, to some degree, on what happens. We know that Jesus would not have been the only baby presented in the temple. This is a, a common practice. There are many Moms and dads taking their firstborn sons, firstborn child, child to the temple for the presentation. It's Jewish law. And I, I think if we could just appreciate that. And then in the temple, you have people who have committed themselves to ongoing prayer, prayer of adoration, prayer of reparation for the people, for the nation, for the world. And we kind of, we kind of hit this climax, of course. We have people obeying the law, people praying, people keeping vigil. And in the, all of this, you have Mary and Joseph bringing the Christ child to the temple. 
And Simeon, you know, Simeon uh, gives us those beautiful words and he reveals to Mary that she and Joseph are not the only ones in the temple who now know her son, Jesus, is God. I mean, when, and this, the imagery is powerful. When Simeon looks into the face of the Christ child, the baby Jesus, he sees God. And Simeon knows the Lord has returned to the temple. And I, we find in that uh, acknowledgement a beautiful sense of humility on the part of Simeon, because remember, a lot of people are waiting for the Messiah, the Christ, to come, but as someone who's going to set them free from the oppressors, mm. not as a baby carried yeah. in the arms of his mother. And Simeon gives this beautiful message, this canticle, as we call it. It's basically a message of detachment. Lord, I can now go in peace. I've seen, you know, I've seen the return of your presence to the temple. So when we pray uh, the presentation of the Lord, the feast of the presentation of the Lord, it's rooted in that Old Testament reality. You know, the, the presence of the Lord withdrawing from the temple, but the New Testament gift of the presence of the Lord being brought back to the temple. Now let's pay attention to something. How does the presence of the Lord return to the temple? In the arms of Mary. Oh, beautiful. So when someone says, I don't really get Mary, I don't really need Mary, it's like, then you don't know scriptures. Uh I mean, the presence of God in the flesh returns to the temple through the arms of Mary. She's literally carrying God in the flesh to the temple. Did you come to that or? It just kind of came to me over the break. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, let's hope I don't forget it. (laughs) I'll remind you. Copyright. (laughs) So I mean, it's just that that reality of just kind of acknowledging. So, you know, earlier we're talking about the interplay between the Immaculate Heart and the Sacred Heart. I mean, if we could just remember that our hearts, you know, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, but Our Lady, in a very real way, just as she did to the temple 2,000 years ago, she does to us. She she literally carries her son to us, you know? Mm. We receive him, uh, the knowledge of him, through her because of the memories that she shares with Luke in the beginning of the, his gospel. So celebrating the Feast of the Presentation of the Lord, it gives us that opportunity to reflect on the presence of God dwelling among us in every temple, the church, every Catholic church where the tabernacle is, that's the temple where the Lord is dwelling. We have that access to him, but... As if that's not enough in his benevolence, he doesn't want to just remain in the temple through his presence. He wants to have his countenance, that image of his heart in our home, in our temple. And I think that's the beautiful thing when we consider the presentation of the Lord. You know, he is in the temple. He's in our parish church. He's in the tabernacles, the blessed sacrament. But he also wants to be carried in our hearts back to our homes and mm. dwell there. And that's why whenever you your eyes uh, come to rest upon the image of the sacred heart, it's just that immediate connection to the closest tabernacle, the closest temple. The Lord is here among us. Now, because of the significance of the light of the world, Jesus himself being brought back to the temple, it's Candlemas, you know, that old English term, which is where the candles would be blessed. And it's, it's just so beautiful uh, because it gives us that baptismal imagery. You know, the candle that is lit when the child is baptized. There's a light that breaks the darkness. The light is returned to the temple. So it's a presentation of the Lord is popularly referred to as candle mass in many places. You know, I know like the Dominicans at St. Patrick's Church last night, they had a beautiful mass in celebration of the Feast of the Presentation of the Lord. Even at the cathedral and at Holy Family, those churches, I know they all did special masses where the blessing we, of the candles. We also you know? had that at St. Paul. And on the Thursday before the first Friday, is so wonderful that we can have adoration and mm. mass and then our meeting, which everyone is welcome to. But we are, uh, it was so beautiful that candles processing yeah. in. Yes, absolutely. And the incense. Yeah. And, you know, actually, Father, I think it was my first one after all these years. Yeah. 
but it uh, won't be the last one. <laughs> it won't be. No. And it'll spread. No, but it's just it, it's just so beautiful when these things come to life and you see them and you appreciate them, you know, in life of your heart. And, of course, it also, as if that's not enough, yesterday it was the presentation of the Lord, candle mass, but then it's also the World Day of Prayer for Consecrated Life. Oh, yes. So, I mean, it's just, this is the life that we're called to live, right? You know, there's just always something to consider, always something to captivate our minds, to mesmerize our attention just so that we stay focused on Jesus. Well, we are so excited at Sacred Heart Columbus to be able to offer these booklets for consecration. And really, it's because of your help and your support out there. People who are our friends, our supporters, and that, you know, it's we need that. We need that support to be able to continue the mission. So thank you. And this is another wonderful gift. You know, Father, I think for me, um, maybe the takeaway from what you were saying is we must carry our families to the temple to see Jesus. Oh, that's good, Chuck. And I think for men, that is our responsibility. Right. And to allow us to be the spiritual leader of the family to make sure that the family our wives and our children Mm. get to jesus every week yeah and i know uh there are a lot of distractions today father that prevent this yeah and i i heard this and i i was shocked but maybe it's true that during COVID we broke a habit so people The habit was going to mass, but because Mm. the habit was broken, they're not going. And I never saw our faith as a habit, Father. Right, yeah. It's not like, you know, we stopped playing sports. No. (laughs) This this is Jesus and so forth. And a couple of things to think about, Father, as we talk about light, bringing the light to the world, how can we bring light? And for those that have made... Uh, his the enthronement of the Sacred Heart to be center of their lives, our homes, and the world today. Let that light shine in your home. Let that light shine outside. That's really what we're talking about. And the light of Jesus will always let us know the next step. So we have to stay in the light. He wants to take us from the darkness. And And I think, Father, as we see this, the world wants to continue to put us back in the darkness. Yeah. So it is that war between light and darkness. And what better way to start February is to say our home is going to be enthroned. Our home is going to be mm-hmm. consecrated. Another and Bethany. Another Bethany. Yeah. And we're going to become the light of the world. And, yeah. you know, I just have to put a plug in to also eliminating some of the darkness that's trying to get into your home, whether it's through technology, as our bishop just had that wonderful message to all the churches last Sunday, or if they couldn't do it this Sunday, is that, you know, we have to, we have to make a step to say no, and to protect our fortress, our home, Mm -hmm. and also the news and the secular messages, not just the news, but You know, there are also wonderful alternative ways like the National Catholic Register and, you know, other, you know, on your phone, the loop, 
You can get the bottom line. But to hear a negative message of no faith, no hope, no love coming into your home, into Mm. your minds, just say no. So true. No, we're going to be the light. We're going to be love, faith, hope, and love in this house. And your home will change. Now, Father, let's talk a little bit. Today's a big day because you got First Friday today. We had presentation yesterday, which carries over. We're all in the light. Now we have St. Blaise. It's true. I mean, does he fall number three, or should we elevate him a little bit? (laughs) I think he's content where he is. He's a good, faithful disciple of Jesus. But today, of course, being the Feast of St. Blaise, a bishop and martyr, we have that beautiful custom in the life of the church of going to the church to have our throats blessed through his intercession, seeking his powerful prayers that we be uh, protected from and defended against any afflictions any infirmities the of the throat. throat. No, uh, but it's, it's localized throat. to the throat. But I mean, yeah. of course, it's for our whole health. Um, but we seek his intercession. And, you know, that's you'll see the priest bless the people using the candles and whatnot. And once again, you know, whenever you enter into the lives of the saints, you enter into the life of someone who ha- who is real, who is real. They had their mm-hmm. struggles. They had their ups and their downs. But they, they fought one foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm. They fought to just follow the Lord. And when you enter into the life of St. Blaise, you know, you run into a bishop and a martyr, you know, someone who... In the early church, Yeah, he had it? to walk the walk and talk the talk, and day by day, one foot in front of the other, follow Jesus. And through his intercession, of course, you know, um, we have the account from the tradition of the church that he was invoked uh, when a child was choking on fish bones, and, you know, and the miracle came about to where the child survived. But it was that idea that, you know, intercession is pretty powerful, you know, asking people to pray for you in that moment, that plight of suffering, or maybe even the occasion of death, asking someone to pray. It just shows how the Lord doesn't just bring his, our attention to him, but he brings us closer to one another as we're journeying to him. Now, Father, I think just for a clarification, at Mass this morning, Father gave a, you know, blessing to everyone. Then the Eucharistic ministers actually put the candles on your throat and said that you'd already been blessed. So I think there's a little confusion Father maybe. Is looking at you. No, so people <laughs> might think it has to be the priest individually. Well, yeah, the priest is the one who's supposed to do the blessing. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I, oh sorry, Father. So. <laughs> do, you, do you have any candles you can bless us with? Yeah, Father? I know. All right, now. Maybe we, there's a, a, an allowance given if the parish is really right. big. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Right, okay. But now we're coming into the closure of the program, and we're going to end with Valentine's Day. (laughs) Valentine's Day, Father, coming up. Oh, yeah. And maybe we we get confused with that word. Did you hear that, Chuck? Valentine's Day is coming up. You know, Father. Don't ask for eggs. Yeah, (laughs) I won't. But, but anyway, Father, talking about this, people are confused with love today. That's oh, true. Oh, yeah. And uh, so forth. What is true love? Put you again on the hot and seat, And who Father. was, is there a St. Valentine? Yes. There is. Yes, of course. Yeah. Yep. Because we don't hear about them in the news. I know. I know. And it's it's really sad because, I mean, so for so long, the church had this very strong devotion to St. Valentine. And it's amazing how the culture, the world, mm-hmm. followed in the footsteps of the church. And then the church recoils back um, from 
cultivating a devotion to St. Valentine, but the world still plows ahead. And, you know, I don't, it wasn't that long ago. Well, maybe it was that long ago, maybe 30 years ago. You know, you could still see the banners that said happy St. Valentine's Day. With the saint. With the saint in it. Yeah. Now you almost never see it. But I mean, I always think that, think of what the church can do when her love for her children, the saints and us is so real and so alive. I mean, the world takes notice. I mean, the world Mm -hmm. is still celebrating Valentine's Day, even when he's not on the general calendar for mass. The world still has that. And there's something about that that love for Jesus that then leads us to have a true, authentic love for one another. And um, and I I think that's just something that's very mesmerizing. In every age, it doesn't matter uh, who the person might be. Um, it doesn't matter really where how dark the world may be. You know, there's that some, there's that reality that love, it, it speaks. You know, true, true love, a love that is of Jesus, a love that is for Jesus, a love that then becomes for one's neighbor. And it's, that's one small thing, Father. This is really helpful that we can do, is we can say, "Oh, Happy Saint Valentine's Day," mm-hmm. or if we're sending a card, mm-hmm. we can write that in, just like Christmas, not Happy Holiday. Right. It's, it's you know. Blessed yeah. Christmas to you. Yes, so, absolutely. So uh, that's another um, another tip, Father. Thank you. And just kind of rooting yourself in the faith. Exactly. You know, rooting yourself in our, our, our faith. And one, one way that as we're introducing the consecration to the Macro Heart of Mary is do it on Valentine's Day. Yeah. What a great way to bring that love mm. of her heart and then re-enthrone your home or enthrone your home on Valentine's Day because our homes need that spiritual gift, and that spiritual gift is love, because God is love. And Chuck, what do you look forward to for dinner on St. Valentine's Day? Well, she did bring it up, Father. <laughs> the heart meatloaf yes. is coming out. Yes, it is. It's got to be the heart-shaped the meatloaf. Heart-shaped <laughs> meatloaf. That's an important clarification. And what does it have around the heart? White mashed potatoes, of oh, course. Oh, my goodness. And uh, I cannot wait for this, Don't Father. forget the, ke- the ketchup right at the end. And the ketchup. So we have double treats coming out. This, this has been ongoing you now think we're kidding, but it's 52 been 50 years. years. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I really hope my superiors are not listening to this. <laughs> No, you're okay, Father. You're okay. But anyway, it's we'll true. It's Joanne's true love. I do. And, uh, I guess she I... brings that forward, and and we just celebrate our love together with the heart. <laughs> All right, we got to bring this program back to reality now. Cool, Father. We begin with eggs, and we end with meatloaf. And with eggs and meatloaf. <laughs> One of the things that I thought maybe for our listeners is the Bible, what it really talks about real love. In 1 Corinthians 13, I'll just start it. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not jealous. It is not pompous. It is not inflated. It is not rude. does not seek its own interest. It is not quick-tempered. does not brood over injury. does not rejoice over wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, love never fails, so faith, hope, and love remain. These three, but the greatest of these is love. I mean, Father, that to me is what love is. Mm -hmm. And it never fails. 
It doesn't. That's I when think you that hold is so Jesus powerful. at the center of your marriage. Yeah. When you put Jesus yeah. at the center of your marriage, and you glorify of your life, everything, everything. Yes. yes, your life, everything, and then your vocation follows that, and that's how you can truly love. Without Jesus, that love is not that same richness no, that he wants us. No, it can get perverted, you know, yeah. perverted and twisted and selfish. And um, this is really good, Chuck. And, you know, they read this a lot at weddings. Yeah, it's true. But it's, it's really popular. something to go back to. Very popular wedding. And not just yeah. on a wedding day, but all through life. Yeah. And I, I think one of the things, you know, if we could just draw our attention to how many um, men have been tempted and succumb to the temptation of thinking that they're inadequate. Hmm. They lack sufficient knowledge about how to lead, how to guide, how to invite, um, how to walk with their wife in prayer. Um, And then on the other hand, how many women are tempted and succumb to the temptation to think that they're alone in trying to carry the spiritual life Hmm. in in the marriage, you know? And, And if we could just if we're struggling with that, if that's a burden, if that's a cloud hanging over us, if that's the gray that's around us, you know, to just first respond by asking the Lord to come into your heart. Oh, yeah. And then asking him to come into the marriage, you know, and to carry one another to the Lord. That's and one thing you father. can do is go to Mass together Absolutely. on Valentine's Day. Start with the Lord. Yeah. Because that's going to change your whole Valentine's Day. I know it'll be a lot better because the love of the Lord will then be with you mm. in a deeper sense to help you understand how to love greater. Yeah. Wow. Good job, Father. Father. We need you. Hey, we missed welcome you. Welcome back. We've missed we've I'm missed the water you. boy cheerleader on the sidelines <laughs> of this egg meatloaf fest. So. Very, you're the skillet, Father. <laughs> No, when you brought up... That's one way of calling me a tool. Father, <laughs> Father, you talked about messiness. I did. Why did I do such yeah, a thing? Yeah, So that led us into the skillet. That was a messy moment, but guess what? Here we are 52 years later. Praise the Lord. Don't give up. That's Don't, one give up. Never, Don't give up. Never. Never give up. Oh, my. Well, on this first Friday of the month of February... This month that is so rich in our faith with so many traditions and customs and opportunities to pray. And of course, the conference is coming up. We really do invite you and encourage you to remember that on this first Friday, do everything you can to attend Holy Mass and, you know, to receive our Lord, but to do so with that spirit of reparation for the sacred heart of Jesus. And uh, to once again, you know, know that we have many resources available to you and for you to bring that heart of Jesus into your home. And as we bring to a close this Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Radio, we invite you to join us as we close with the renewal prayer. Most kind Jesus, we humbly kneel at thy feet. We renew the consecration of ourselves to thy divine heart. Be thou our King forever. In thee we have full and entire confidence. May thy Holy Spirit penetrate our thoughts, our desires, our words, and our deeds. Bless our undertakings, share in our joys and in our trials and in our labors. Grant us to know thee better, to love thee more, and to serve thee without faltering. Amen. 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 This is listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820 on WVSG Columbus and FM88.3 WSGR New Boston, Portsmouth.